welcome to our latest Trends Talk here at ITR Economics. I am thrilled you've joined me again. Uh, for those of you that don't remember or perhaps are here for the first time, I'm Connor Lokar, uh, an economist on the team here at ITR. And uh, today we're going to be discussing what I think, anyways, a particularly pertinent topic, um, especially given in the backdrop of recent global events, and that's interest rates. And scratch the surface on you know the hows and you know why are interest rates rising and declining through time, particularly declining lately, and what should we expect based on that? Should we care? Why should we care? Now, again, I say pertinent because in the last several weeks, we've seen long-term bond yields, really, I guess, several months, but more uh, severely in recent weeks here as we're heading into June of 2019, uh, we have seen long-term bond yields for both U.S. Treasuries and global bonds alike uh, tumbling lower. Uh, we see U.S. Um, treasuries are down at yields are at lowest in a couple of years. We see negative yields on Japanese and German bonds, and I you know, want to take a few minutes to discuss with you is you know why is that happening, and you know why does that matter, and what should we expect based on you know seeing and witnessing movements like that in the bond market now. When we uh, discuss yields and interest rates, we're obviously talking about the bond market. Bonds, can they can be issued by the U.S. government, uh, municipalities, companies, foreign governments, etc. Uh, and, and yields typically have an inverse relationship to bond prices. As pr bond prices go up, as there is greater bond demand, we tend to see yields compress lower. Likewise, when we see uh, bond prices go down, we tend to see uh, yields go higher to compensate for that, whether it's a higher risk premium or to... Um, encourage lenders to uh, purchase bonds, um, we tend to see that um, that general inverse relationship. Now, I'm not really going to get into the nitty-gritty of the secondary bond market and whether, you know, when we look at bonds that are trading at a premium to par or a discount to par or bond investing, that's that's just deeper than we need to go today. And that's, you know, might be discussions with your uh, financial professionals. But uh, I'm going to be taking a bit more of a macro view. And, and really, the reality is that I'm trying to distill an extraordinarily deep topic into just a few minutes. So today's going to be, again, a higher point macro discussion based on, you know, what should you you think when you open up maybe it's our latest bond yields page in your itr trends report or you know you're just opening up the wall street journal bloomberg wherever and you see and you know, like you have been seeing in recent weeks that red at the top indicating you know a declining u.s um uh, yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury, or obviously most other global government bonds. Now, when we look at the United States, of course, there is the Federal Reserve, uh, commonly known as the Fed, and that's the central banking system of the U.S. Now, they obviously have an important role to play in interest rate policy when we look at monetary policy, and the, the Fed really exerts direct pressure on short-term interest rates by setting their target rate, the federal funds rate, which is you know one of their primary monetary policy tools. It's the rate at which banks lend to each other. Uh, and in times of economic distress, the Fed might lower uh, or typically does lower that target rate in order to make money cheaper. Uh, in, in other words, uh, incentivize uh, loans and borrowing uh, to uh, make borrowing more attractive uh, in an attempt to stimulate economic activity uh, and job creation. So that's, again, more of a short-term rate impact where the Fed less conventionally, they can also purchase bonds uh, to directly influence bond demand and thus yields on longer term rates like the 10-year Treasury notes. Now that's uh, a longer term rate like the 10-year Treasury, that's going to have a greater impact on mortgage rates, uh, for example. And uh, that type of bond purchasing, that's actually precisely what we saw the Fed do with its quantitative easing programs. 
uh, QE1, 2, 3, uh, in response to the Great Recession, which was a countermeasure to influence interest rates lower, stimulate economic activity, uh, increase the money supply uh, by the purchase of government bonds and other securities. So, and, and again, that's more of a government uh, policy objective and mechanism where uh, at the end of the day, we really see that bond demand plays a pretty vital role in bond yields, a crucial role. And it's uh, whether it be by, again, from the Fed as a policy objective or mechanism or what I guess I'll call more organic market-based demand for bonds influencing rates higher or lower, which is, I think, what we're seeing uh, in this more recent cycle. Now, when we see bond yields drop, that typically indicates rising bond prices, which again is affected by increasing uh, bond demand. Greater demand at a given supply is gonna generate a higher price. So when you see that red ticker on bond yields, which is again what we've been seeing again at the top of the Wall Street Journal or in our trends report, you see that uh, that's indicating that bond demand is up. So what we wanna know is why. What should we be expecting based on this increased bond demand? Now the red we've seen in recent weeks uh, is largely uh, it indicates a flight to safety. Um, you know that's really the why bond demand is up as bonds are generally haven assets. It's something, you know, a refuge asset, something that will retain maybe even increase value in bouts of market turbulence that would presumably negatively affect, say, equities in a given cycle. That would be a typical relationship. We obviously saw a taste of that volatility in the U.S. equity market in the fourth quarter of 2018, more recently. Uh, and falling yields can also be and often are indicative of muted inflation and inflation expectations as investors are uh, less worried that bond yields are not going to keep up with inflation. So they demand uh, less of a risk premium or excuse me, an inflation premium um, on their return. Now, Currently, we see U.S. and global investors, they are gobbling up bonds. They seem to be fortifying their investment positions uh, amid the rising uncertainty, the recently inflamed and escalating trade conflict between the United States and China, weakening Chinese economic data, anemic European economic data, more recently weakening U.S. economic data. Um, and we're seeing some of that money presumably moving out of equity markets or perhaps what was parked in cash moving into the bond market. And that greater bond demand is pushing those rates downward. Now, that indicates, again, both current volatility and, again, an expectation of future volatili volatility and slower growth. Uh, and, and in fact, we actually can see the bond market. It does uh, uh, serve as a leading indicator. Uh, it's one of the tools uh, in our belt that we call upon. We can obviously look at yield curves. Yield curve inversions at times can be valuable. Um, tools of the trade to use, even the cyclical movement of the bond market uh, is worth watching. I think a couple good examples of this when we look at the German 10-year bond yield, which peaked all the way back uh, in February 2018. That was shortly before European and German industrial production reached a cyclical peak later in the spring of 2018, a little over a year ago. Now, since German bond yields have been declining, and again, I, I reference German bond yields because those are a bit of a bellwether of sorts for the Eurozone. We've seen that the Eurozone has been decelerating as, as German industrial production and German bond yields have tumbled even lower and are now actually below zero, a negative yield indicating uh, that investors in the Eurozone have you know, such the appetite to move cash into bonds that they're actually willing to pay to do so. Again, a negative rate of return there indicating much lower growth and inflation expectations compared to this point last year or you know 15 18 months ago 
likewise, the yield on the yield on the ten-year Treasury peaked much later, uh, where the eurozone bond yields typically uh, peaked in early 2018. Uh, the U.S. ten-year Treasury peaked in November 2018, near three and a quarter. Uh, and again, this was reflecting the U.S. business cycle dynamics, which where we saw here domestically much more robust growth, extended acceleration, uh, a little bit stronger inflation, some of which is obviously owed to U.S. tax reform, which the United States had and Europe did not. And we saw our U.S. domestic business cycle respond in kind here uh, with a temporarily extended acceleration, uh, something I talked to in a recent trend trends talk that you can probably get to in a couple of clicks from here from me uh, a month or two ago. Uh, and we saw really the US economy followed suit. It, it accelerated much longer than the Eurozone before tipping to the back side of the business cycle more recently. Uh, and off of that November 2018 peak, 10-year yields have now slid much lower down to 2.24%. Uh, I checked uh, just before I got onto this recording here with you today. Uh, <clears throat> as investors have poured into U.S. Treasuries, we're also seeing international investors are moving in uh, on U.S. Treasuries as well as the yield on the U.S. Treasury is favorable to the negative rates of German uh, and Japanese and some other global bonds. Um, and really, the negative yields on some of those preeminent global economies, again, Japan and Germany, two of the top five global economies, uh, suggests, again, possible global deflation. And again, just the reality that developed economies are struggling to grow. They're decelerating here uh, in 2019. In fact, we expect both Germany and Japan uh, to sustain some mild negativity in their industrial production trends this year. Uh, and we also expect the U.S. economy to continue slowing down this year, uh, which is seemingly being foretold in the bond market as we speak. Uh, so again, the, the how and why, it's you know, the bond, bond yield movements typically driven by expectations of current and future growth and inflation, or in this cycle, the lack thereof, which is generating greater demand for bonds, which is pushing their prices up and their yields lower, which is, again, what you're currently seeing in the U.S. and globally, which means that, again, if we were to take the bond market at its word, uh, we should expect the U.S. and global economy to slow down and continue to decelerate, which it is, and we expect that it will, which shouldn't really be surprising for any of you that are checking in with me here today, because that means you've been following along with ITR this whole time, and we've actually been calling for that for quite some time now. So uh, the more you know, thanks for stopping by.